Well, welcome back to Round Guy Radio. We have a very exciting guest because we're talking for the first time directly about the Burlington Greyhounds. Uh, with, and I have a couple guests here with us that uh, uh, that are very qualified to speak on this subject. Welcome to the program, guys, and please introduce yourselves to the audience. Thanks, Dave. This is uh, I'm Scott Mason. I'm the play-by-play voice for Burlington Football on KBUR 1490 AM in Burlington. I'm John Flaherty, former head football coach of the Burlington Greyhounds. Who gets to do the color for the Burlington Greyhounds football team? And you get to I do, do the I do the bits and pieces, and he gets to fill in those gaps. And you get to do the driving on the way to the golf course too. I understand. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are taking advantage of a beautiful Friday and uh, heading up to Eldridge, but going to stop in Muscatine and see if we can't fit eighteen in. Well, let me ask you this: uh, uh, what, what kind of weather are we looking at tonight? Last last week, the weather was a a, a, a little Halloweeny. Yeah, I. Uh, from everything I've seen, the high today is somewhere in the low 70s, and so by kickoff, it'll probably be, I would guess, somewhere in the low to mid-60s, and, and obviously over the next two and a half hours after that, it'll drop. But, uh, you know, we're at that point in the season where we don't look so much at temperatures, we do humidity, and I think the humidity is not going to be a factor tonight. No cramping issues, just uh, good old-fashioned football between two teams that know each other pretty well. Well, we haven't got a chance to, t- to talk to you guys yet, and... Uh... Uh, uh, let me talk to the former coach here first. Uh, let, let me ask you a little bit about this team's special teams. Uh, I like to just kind of break things down in, in segments. So, and let's start out with the special teams. How has the special teams performed this week? Special teams has done extremely well through the year. And the, the, I guess the biggest thing is, is when your punt average is the last in the district, you must be doing something pretty well. So we've not punted but maybe three times the entire season. So when we talk about that aspect of the game, uh, very, very positive. We have two wonderful kickers uh, who are doing a wonderful job, one right leg, one left leg, so it gives us some opportunities on kickoff. Uh, and our and our block teams are the things, uh, are the two teams that I think really shine for the Greyhounds. All right. Well, uh, boys of the Greyhounds, uh let, talk to me about the blocking, and I want to know not just about the, the, the front line, but how do you guys utilize tight ends and fullbacks and, and maybe even receivers in the blocking schemes? So, see, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go ahead and defer that to the guy who gets to watch that. You know, as a play-by-play guy, um, I watch the football. And so John actually is much more knowledgeable because he's able to watch the all-22, so to speak. So I'm going to let John answer that question about the line play. Well, I've been very impressed with what our offensive line has done the entire year. We had to replace two stalwart players on the left side in Anthony Morrison and Julius Harris. Uh, And we've instituted Xavion Baker, who uh, had not seen a whole lot of varsity time. And then we added uh, Trent Hoffman, who was our linebacker last year. And those two guys have done a fantastic job. The right side's been solid. Uh, with John Shulka and, and Gunnar Short, and then anchored in the middle by the All-State Center and Julian Perez-Hall. Uh, we are, we're, we're very typical old-school high school football. We are wing T in style that will be down-down kick, we'll double at the point of attack, uh, we'll find angles the best that we can. But the thing that I really appreciate most about what these guys do is once they're engaged, they're going until the whistle's blown. Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's definitely been the case this year. Okay, uh, well, uh, Mason, uh, tell me about uh, the running game. 
Well, you know, you look at last year and, and you had a once in a generation type of player in Bryant Williams who set all sorts of records, uh, you know, for Burlington High School football and really put himself in the center stage statewide. Uh, first team all state running back, uh, turn that into an opportunity to play at the next level. You know, just a, a, a kid that is really, really difficult to replace individually. So what's happened this year is uh, kind of what we expected which is 10, 10 different Greyhounds have run the football this year. Four have gone over 100 yards through the season's first five weeks. It's just been kind of a running back by committee. Now, there are a couple of guys that stand out. Caden Shizzle, he's run for 500 yards this year uh, through five games, so he's averaging right at 100 yards. Dimitri Donald has spelled him a little bit. Nolan Simpson, who we'll talk about, I'm sure, a little bit as it goes on. Um, Gabe Robinson from the quarterback position, He's your second leading rusher. So we don't throw the football, obviously, in Burlington, but uh, we know how to run it. And Jim Kreckle has instituted this in three short years uh, of really getting as much as anything. I think the most important thing you can get in any program is buy-in. And these kids have really bought into the idea that you can win football games by running the football if you do what you need to do to get it done. And uh, like I say, last year it was done. This year, it's just being done by 10 guys. It's the number two rushing offense in Class 4A. And uh, it's an offense that tonight is going to have to find a way in order to stay in this game and give themselves a chance to win. It's going to have to find a way to control the clock, get yardage, and then turn hopefully some some good opportunities field position-wise into points. Well, I'm going to stay with you with this question since he did two in a row. Why don't, why don't you, you tell me about the passing game? Uh, well, uh, let's not because no, I take that back. I, you know, I will tell you, Gabe, Gabe is a competent thrower. I mean, he's a good enough quarterback that if Jim Crackle wants to dial up a pass play, he can, we've seen that several times this year, but Gabe's only got, (coughs) excuse me, only 14 or 15 passes in the first five weeks. So, uh, you know, the thing that they've been able to accomplish with the pass game uh, and very much two weeks ago in a game against Keokuk was you space it out enough where you can catch teams by surprise. And so that's why when you look at the statewide stats, uh, we average 26.2 yards per reception. Uh, that's tops in the state. Never mind the fact that there's only nine passes that have been caught. He's got a favorite target in Alex Fawcett, who kind of plays tight end wing back, uh, a hybrid position on the end of the line. But uh, you know, Gabe is just one of those guys that he's going to do whatever you ask him to do. And when he's been asked to throw the football, he's been pretty effective. His rating is, is in the one fifties. And, uh, you know, so, uh, if they have to, they do, but that's obviously not the forte of this offense. Well, uh, coach, just let's take, let, take me through the defense, start with the defensive line, move the linebackers and back to the backfield. Well, they are base, uh, three, four, uh, cover two D. Uh, the thing that I, I think if people watch the game is you get to see uh, the coaching staff dial up players at different spots during the series. Uh, since we're not very deep, they have to do a really good job of keeping guys fresh. And so you'll see a lot of rotation in and out of the on the field of bringing in fresh D-line, depending on where they're at on the field. The linebackers uh, do a, a tremendous job. It's different than it's been in the last couple of years because they've had uh, some pretty electrifying kids in the linebacker spot. 
uh, the two years previous. These kids are solid kids, but they do their best work when they're able to sit back and read and find the open window that the D-line have created and then close that window. The greatest thing out of all that, again, you can't play defense unless you can tackle people. And they do a great job of solo tackles. But the biggest thing that I'm impressed with is their ability to flow to the ball and to make sure the pile is stopped. And I think, you know, all of us agree that uh, anything after contact, it really is a plus for the offense. And so our guys on defense have a great mindset of making sure that once we make contact, you are not going any further. Well, uh, uh, Mason, tell me, what's the team's record this year and their conference record? We are 4-1, and one, and uh, we had our district opener last week. We're in uh, Class 4A, District 3. Uh, district opener last week against Clinton and, and won that one 42-30. Um, this is our second consecutive 4-1 and one start. Uh, you know, people who have followed the Burlington program know that uh, success has been pretty few and far between. Uh, with regard to the number of seasons you can you can count in the last 20 years, probably on one hand, maybe on to the second number of winning seasons. Just to give you an idea, a four and one start in back to back seasons hasn't been done since 1991, 1992. Uh, I, I take that back. Winning seasons hasn't been done since 91, 92. And so, uh, you know, this is a program that is starting to build a little something, getting some momentum. Uh, and, and setting a, a foundation for hopefully what's to, to come ahead. But, you know, this is a real litmus test tonight. We're talking about the uh, 2020 Class 4A state champions and North Scott, a team that last year when we were 4-1, uh, whitewashed us 42 to nothing at Bracewell. So um, if you're looking for opportunities to prove your worth, it kind of starts tonight. Uh, and also with Iowa City Liberty coming up in two weeks, uh, and then Fort Madison in week nine, those three teams are all undefeated, all ranked in the top 15 of class 4A. So Burlington's final four weeks uh, and, and all but Liberty are on the road. So North Scott and Fort Madison on the road tonight or uh, over the final four. And uh, so Burlington, if they make the playoffs this year like they did last year, will certainly have earned their way in. Well, I'm old enough to remember when Burlington was a pretty big powerhouse, uh, 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 one of the teams that we, we never liked to play. Um, but, uh, I, I don't tell you how old I am, but, uh, I try to stay within a minute's walk of the bathroom all the time. Uh -huh. So you must be, if you're going back that far, you're talking about Harold Tackleson and he quit in 1970. So <laughs> you must be going on 70 years old, 80 years old, somewhere in there. Well, I think it was, it was more like in the eighties when they were pretty good. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah. um, um, let, let's talk about this resurgence, you know, uh, last year, you guys, you know, you, you had the Williams kids who Scotty Melvin and I, uh, said was the the football player of southeast iowa last year the the best one uh you, you guys went to the playoffs there your basketball team got deep into the into the i think got to the state tournament uh, uh what's going on with this resurgence in uh in burlington's uh sports and 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 uh how excited is the community about it yeah and i'm, I'm gonna warn you we're going down a little dip on highway 61 so if we lose you just hang tight we're going to be up to the top of the hill as soon as we can. But, um, you know, the thing about this program is that, uh, as I said a few minutes ago, Jim Crackle came in three years ago and, and made it very clear what his plan was, which was to establish kind of a back to the future type of, of 
perspective and that he wanted to bring back the wing T not the wing T, but the, the Veer offense and the single wing and uh, really wanted to run the football. I think, you know, Jim's a, he's a defensive minded head coach at heart. And so he understands the value of ball control. And he knew that in order to compete against the big boys. And when I talk about big boys, I'm not talking about size necessarily necessarily but when you look at the other sideline and and you see that uh, you know if you think back to five and six years ago for burlington we were playing the iowa city wests and the benton norths and the cedar rapids kennedys still teams that would double us in size uh when you'd look at our sideline we'd look at 30 kids in uniform you'd look on the other side you'd see between 70 and 80 if not even 90 like we saw one time as cedar rapids kennedy so in order to try and compete with any of these schools, he said, we're going to have to run the football. And it was not popular. I'm going to tell you that there were kids that, that didn't play when he was hired in part because they knew they weren't going to throw the football. And so it took buy-in from the kids. Obviously it takes buy-in from the fans and the community. Um, but you're seeing the, the end result, which is a playoff berth last year. And, uh, you know, on the cusp, hopefully, of another opportunity to go to the postseason this year. Uh, and it doesn't hurt, too, that when you look at the sidelines now, the teams that you face have essentially the same number of players dressed as Burlington does. So, um, you know, you don't walk onto the field saying, oh, my goodness, we're, we're going to have to go against these guys that their backups could probably play for us. Now, tonight's a little different. North Scott's going to be – you know, of the teams in our district, probably the biggest in terms of roster, maybe second to Iowa City Liberty. But, uh, you know, North Scott's going to two platoon in a lot of situations. They're not going to have guys playing on both offense and defense. I think Coach Kreckle said in our pregame interview that there's maybe two guys that go back and forth. For us, you're going to see several more than that. You're going to see five, six, maybe seven guys go both ways. But that's just how they do it at Burlington. That's how we have found ourselves, uh, you know, competing and uh, these first five weeks anyway, we've been able to wear, wear down opponents. As the game's going on, uh, the running game really takes its toll against the opposing defense, and uh, ball control really doesn't allow teams to get back into games once Burlington gets a lead. So uh, tonight's going to be a big challenge, but that's how we've gotten to 4-1, and one, and uh, I don't anticipate you're going to see anything different tonight trying to get to 5-1. and one. Well, Coach, uh, uh, we have a lot of college recruiters follow this program, and I mean a lot of them. Uh, Tell me, who are some of the players on this team that you think can compete at the next level? Uh, that's a great question. We'll, we'll start right on the offensive line. I think Julian Fres Hall uh, has two things that really make him a great college recruit. First of all, he's, he's committed to his craft, which is the sport of football. Uh, I, I was in the weight room up until the last two years. Julian never missed a day. He was always working on his weaknesses. Uh, always looking to get better. The second part about him is that he is an academic asset no matter where he'll go, whether it's uh, a big school or a small school. Uh, next down the line, I think a, a young guy like uh, John Shulka, who is a junior, I think he's a, a, a guy that teams should be looking at in the future because he's probably one of the strongest kids within the program. And again, he loves to work on his technique. He loves to get better. And so that just bodes well as you go down 
the road into the next level. I think Alex Fawcett, as a multi-sport athlete, really has probably the biggest upside out of all of them because he has lots of lots of room to put on that frame. He's about 6'2", uh, goes about 185 right now, but I could see him getting up to about 210, 215, uh, and he plays a great safety position on defense. And so he has an opportunity uh, as a two-sport athlete as well. As Scott would tell you, he's a fantastic baseball player. So there's a lot of options open uh, to Alex. I, uh, I have a pretty good relationship with him, so we've begun the concept and the conversation about where does he want to go? What does he want to do? Uh, as you move down, I, I think Dimitri Donald has, as a youngster, has a chance. Um, I think Trent Hoffman and, and Noah Nixon have a chance as well. I think the one that most people talk about is Nolan Simpson. He's the guy who stands out. He plays both ways as our as our fullback and as our middle linebacker. Uh, I think a lot of teams like to look at him because of his physicality. He is a hammer. There is absolutely no doubt you're going to get hit by him, whether he's carrying the ball or whether he's coming to tackle you. He also punts for us. So there, there's a lot of upside, very intelligent young man as well in the classroom. So right off the top of my head, those are the guys that I can really see moving on and, and doing some things at the next level. And then the guy that's kind of hyped in the background is this Trent Hoffman. Trent does a lot of things very quietly. Uh, again, a, a pretty good student, uh, but he doesn't stand out. You don't see a lot of statistics for him because of where he plays. But he is a guy who is always in the mix on every play. So that's just kind of a handful of guys I think can go anywhere from that uh, D3 level, maybe up into that uh, FCS, Western Illinois, UNI level. Well, that's exciting. Uh, well, uh, you guys have got me all charged up to hear your broadcast. Uh, uh, let our listeners know how they can follow the Greyhounds through through your your cast, uh, uh, through, uh, through YouTube, through – website streaming facebook social media what, what are you guys what are the opportunities to follow the burlington greyhounds football well for road games such as tonight it's it's kind of limited we are terrestrial radio if you will uh kbr 1490 a.m out of burlington uh at night maybe can get it as far north as say wapalo maybe even into muscatine uh, south, not entirely sure, but I would guess at least to Fort Madison, if not border uh, to Keokuk. Uh, Westwise, you get it pretty well into Mount Pleasant, then even across the river into Illinois. Now, home games, we only have one left, and that's in two weeks, because uh, next week we head to Mount Pleasant. But at, uh, you know, in two weeks for week eight, if you want to check us out, we do have, and I got to give a plug to these guys. I do it on the broadcast every week, but uh, there's a local outfit, uh, just a, a collection of good friends called Broken Centrifuge that does the in-house at Bracewell Stadium uh, videography. However, what they do also is they link into my radio, our radio broadcasts, and they run it on YouTube. So you can live stream via YouTube. Uh, you know, we can tweet out the night of the game, what that address is, but, uh, they will live stream on YouTube live. And then you can also watch it obviously, because it, uh, if it's on the internet, it's there forever. So, uh, but for tonight, check us out on KBUR, or you can actually go to KBUR.com and there is a listen live feature, uh, and you could check it out on the internet that way. Or I believe if you've just got your phone, 
don't quote me on this, but my uncle who lives in McKinney, Texas, says he did two weeks ago. The TuneIn Radio app has a link to KBUR. So you can listen to us on Terrestrial. You can listen listen to us online at KBUR.com. Or if you're on the road, try and find the TuneIn Radio app, load it up, find KBUR, and maybe you can listen to us there. In years past, that was the case, but I don't know that they renewed their uh, connection with TuneIn Radio. Well, that does sound like there's a plethora. And I have seen Burlington games on YouTube. Uh, uh, and that's you guys' voice on there when I'm listening to that? Uh, yeah. If, if, if we're doing a good job, that's us. If we get tongue-tied, <laughs> it's some other guy that hijacked our headphones. <laughs> well, uh, it's been wonderful talking to you. We're going to have to keep our eyes on you. You probably got the toughest three games of any team in the state of Iowa in the next three matches. Is that fair assessment? Well, you know, we've got, uh, obviously, at North Scott tonight, and then we get Mount Pleasant on the road next week, which, you know, it, it's cliche, but you can throw out the records on that one because it's two two teams separated by 25 miles. But then, yeah, we come home for Liberty in week eight and then finish up on the road in Fort Madison, a team that uh, week nine of last year we won in the final half minute to get our way into the playoffs and to knock them out ultimately. So, uh, they're going to want to uh, probably take advantage of a little opportunity to pay back there. But, you know, that's the great thing about the way these districts have kind of been drawn up these last couple of years is that it has brought back some of these regional uh, rivalries in Keokuk, Mount Pleasant, Fort Madison, um, even North Scott tonight, longtime Mississippi 8 and Mississippi Athletic Conference rivals. Uh, you know, you've got some familiarity and some renewals of – uh, matchups that weren't seen for quite some time that are now back and creates a lot of energy and, and interest by the fan bases. And uh, again, like I say, it, it's nice in the booth when you can look at both sidelines and the rosters are similar in size. It was not that way for so long that being this way now and seeing some success uh, potentially part as a result of that has been really, really neat to follow. And, uh, you know, we went through some lean times my first 10 years or so on the radio. So these last two years have just been a great, great deal of fun. Yeah. And it's been fun for Scotty. Scotty and I just started last year. So as far as we know, you guys are about the best team around. Uh, and uh, it's been, it's been a joy watching you. And I, I've been, you know, kind of reaching out your, your basketball coach. I think he came on three times last year, but then again, it was hard to keep him off the way he kept winning playoff games. Uh, but uh, uh, I really enjoyed talking to you guys and good luck this season. And uh, is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? No, not really. You know, it's, uh, you know, the only thing I'll make uh, people aware of tonight and uh, we didn't really want to talk too much about it, but the, the Greyhounds are without Nolan Simpson tonight. And according to coach Kreckle, uh, they had a little bit of sickness go through the program this week. No COVID related sickness, just, Hey, I'm a high school student. It's October. And, we're almost October, and it's just kind of when we get the sniffles. So a couple guys missed some practice time this week, but he expects everybody's at least going to try and give it a shot tonight. And that's really what you have to have in a game going into a, 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 a an unfamiliar place in, in North Scott. We haven't been there for a few years. Uh, and against a team like North Scott, you got to go in with as many bullets in your holster as you can. So uh, hopefully anybody who missed some playoff time will be able to strap it on tonight and uh, we'll see what happens. That's why they play the games, right? Well, you spend uh, three, four hours out in the freezing rain uh, last Friday night. Doesn't surprise me there was a sniffle or two uh, during the week. 
Well, yeah, it was uh, it was our first experience with weather in 2022, but I think it's going to be absolutely beautiful tonight. If anything, it's been kind of warmer than than normal, I think, up until uh, last Friday. But maybe we'll have some beautiful weather tonight. And uh, everybody, listen, there's just a few games left of the season, so uh, uh, get, let's get out there and support the team. And if you can't be there, get on one of these services and, and listen to the games or watch on YouTube because it's a joy, and we will be – Thank you guys for being with us. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate the opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Anytime you want to talk down the line, just let me know and we'll get in touch. Well, we'll definitely be getting back with you. And I appreciate that sentiment because uh, uh, and we've been talking. We talk about your team every week, all week long and uh, this year and last year. And uh, we will continue to do so. But it's always nice to hear from the horse's mouth and uh, we had both ends of the horse, I guess, this this week. And I'll be the mouth. I'll let John be the other end. <laughs> well, I don't. I, I might. It might have been the other way around. I, I'm not saying uh, either way. But uh, right, right, guys. right, right, right. Nice recovery. There Th we go. Nice thanks, recovery. Thanks so much for being with us, guys. And uh, uh, good luck the rest of the season. We're talking Burlington Greyhounds football. I want to mention uh, we went past twelve thousand listeners last night, and uh, we joined Patreon, and we have merchandise now. So you, if you get on Patreon and and sign up there, get a coffee cup or a T-shirt or just a sticker, depending on what level you come in at. But uh, uh, it's just another great way to keep us viable and, and to help. They'll help uh, kind of spread our our podcast around. But thanks for being with us, guys. Thank you. You're very 